0: Good afternoon, this is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group and it is Friday, April 20th and our guest today is Jean Meister and Jean is the author of an interesting book called The 2020 Workplace, How Innovative Companies Attract, Develop and Keep Tomorrow's Employees Today. Jean, welcome.
1: Welcome, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's great to have you. Jean, where, where do you live? I live in New York City
1: and I am married and have uh one daughter and one stepdaughter and one uh black and white Havanese dog.
0: <laughs> it it is a common thing amongst our group pets. Uh we, we definitely have those in the dog camp and I'm I'm in the cat camp uh here. Um, Jean, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and and, uh, I typically uh, look at kind of what was your life before you decided to to, uh, become an author, and what actually got you to the place where you wanted to put all of these great thoughts down uh, in in writing?
1: Okay, well, thanks for asking the question. This is actually my third book. Um, So I come out of a corporate background uh, having senior executive positions in Uh, human resources and training and development and consulting. Uh, my last position was with Accenture. Uh, and I, uh, have been the author and the author also of two books on corporate universities. So have spent a lot of time, uh, working with organizations and helping them launch or reinvent their corporate learning department so that they're more strategic and the organization gets more value out of learning. Um, But in the last uh, six or seven years, I've really taken a much broader uh, uh, look at what does it take to be successful in the changing world that we live in, and how will the workplace change, and importantly, what new skills do we need as employees and as learners in this workforce, in this workplace? So I uh, launched a two-year study which formed the research behind the book, The 2020 Workplace. And uh, the research has really two parts. One, uh, forming a global network of 2,200 working professionals uh, across the generations uh, to probe their needs and expectations for an employer of choice. And the second was a survey of 350 heads of HR and corporate learning to understand what they were doing that's innovative in the learning space. And -hmm. the result was the 2020 Workplace, uh, How Innovative Companies Attract, Develop, and Keep Tomorrow's Employees Today. And that book is published by HarperCollins and in its 10th printing.
0: You know, it's interesting because uh, quite often when we think about innovation, uh, we immediately go to the product side. And, you know, clearly you can't have innovative products without innovative people. And uh, this book was published in uh, in 2010, is that correct? Correct. And clearly at that time you were already having to deal with all of the, uh, certainly the early parts of the economic Uh, crisis and companies that had, uh, you know, really let people go simply to survive and you know we've observed in in our industry and i'm i'm a part of the travel industry that a lot of the institutional knowledge went out the door and and the levels of people that they kept uh weren't necessarily able to be that force of innovation so i know you start the book off talking about the changing workplace and the 10 forces that that are shaping the workplace now uh, can you give us uh you know a little glimpse into that and just set the stage for us on the changing workplace Absolutely. Um, so the
1: book looks at um, the megatrends that that are impacting really all of us in our lives, regardless of our job. Uh, and the first megatrend is globalization, and it really looks at the global access to markets and talent, and how that's going to reshape business. And one of the um, one of the the areas that we focus on is how. Um, all of our companies are growing um, outside of the United States tremendously and that because of this, um, our leaders really need to develop a new skill and that's called global mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the ability to work with individuals and teams that are different from us, of different cultures, different ethnicities. And it's really having this global view or this cultural intelligence it's going to set some of the leaders apart to be able to to do their job better. Um, and now companies are really actually creating formal training programs to build one's global mindset. Um, they're also a whole set of 360-degree programs and coaching because this is becoming a really new and important skill. Uh, so globalization and building a global mindset um, in terms of a global business savvy and understanding and a passion for diversity of cultures of the individuals that we work with. We also have to point out that we're also working on global virtual teams, so many of the individuals that we work with um, we either do not see or will never see face-to-face. Right. So really getting to uh, understanding them um, is really going to be key to success. The second big megatrend is demographics. And uh, and that really is one that uh, looks at how that we are really going to have five generations in the workplace. Um, and so, just as as we're going to be um, going to have more cultural diversity, we're going to have more age diversity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so, many of us are are thank goodness living longer, and either wanting to live longer or needing to live longer. And you mentioned in the opening that we were writing the book just after the Great Recession of 2008, and a lot of individuals at that time um, were experiencing for the first time the extreme volatility in the stock market, and many uh, committed to work two to five years longer than they normally would have uh, in order to make back some of the funds that they may have lost. So organizations really need to prepare for Um, 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 an age-diverse workforce, but one where there will be a new bubble of millennial employees. So we're uh, projecting that by the year 2020, millennials, or those individuals born between the years of 1977 and 1997, will be 50 percent of the workforce. Wow. So this is new, and these millennials really represent um, a global generation. Um, where they're very, you know, they've really experienced uh, the hyper-connectivity, they've experienced the, the, you know, Google as a verb, if you will, and and they, right, and they want to bring their digital expectations to the workplace. And that leads to the third mega-trend, which is social media inside the workplace, companies creating their own internal social network to be able to, communicate and collaborate with their employees the way they may be developing online communities so that they right. can collaborate with their customers.
0: You know, um as you were mentioning the demographics and and I mean I had no idea that the the percentages were what what you shared. Um, you know, it occurs to me that that communication and and how each one of those five generations communicates is going to be such a critical piece of that, uh, and and the success of companies who can organize around that and and figure out how to bridge that gap, and and social media, uh, while a great tool for that, is still uh, challenging to some of the people in the in those older generations. So, does the book uh, talk through those type of issues?
1: It does, and it, it really talks a couple a couple of things that companies are doing, um, the first thing is that they're really creating some formal training programs around building your generational intelligence. So Mm -hmm. just the way organizations have EQ programs to build your emotional intelligence, they're saying you should should have programs to really build your generational intelligence because there are a lot of myths around, you know, are millennials slackers? And right. and our research right from the 2200 uh, global working professional says just the opposite that that training and development when given an option for you know aside from salary what are the top top well reasons why you would join a company if you're a millennial um, mm-hmm. training and development is really at the top of the list right mm-hmm. and so um, organizations are going to begin to um, invest even more than they had been on uh, training their their millennial their older employees, but really touting the fact that they're uh, they have a range of career development programs um, uh, as a as a recruiting tool. Um, so I think that uh, millennials are going to be betting more and more companies on. Um, are they able to access both formal training and mentoring and coaching as a right. way to develop and grow their careers at a very early stage?
0: Mm, that one's fascinating. So so tell us some of the other major trends that we need to be mindful of.
1: Um, well, one of the one, you know, a, a couple is um, – is three out of four jobs will demand higher uh, entry-level skill qualifications. So the, the category of knowledge workers is going to grow uh, pretty tremendously, and, uh, and, you know, organizations have to be really, um, really prepared for that. Uh, the next trend is around technology, you know, uh, and that's, uh, as we're beginning to see already, so much technology in the cloud, but one-third of all the data will live or pass, through the cloud. And so we're going to be uh, really accessing more of our, um, the data uh, in, in the cloud. And we, always, we already are beginning to see this. The mm-hmm. projection um, for 2013 is, believe it or not, is that third quarter in 2013, uh, tablet sales will outpace personal computer sales. And one of the ways that, that individuals will be engaging more with their media tablets is by storing a lot of their uh, content in the cloud.
0: Right. And so we
1: begin to see tablets now ideally suited for certain jobs in sales and in customer service. And right. we're going to begin to see organizations um, giving people you know, choices about uh, the types of technology tools that they're more productive on. And we're beginning to see, uh, with millennials, this huge area of um choice around media device. Uh, so a study done by my former employer, Accenture, was 5,500 millennials found that 50% want to bring their own device. It's called BYOD, right? Bring your own device to work. <laughs> so that rather than have the di- devices or the set of tools that your company has chosen, you want to use the ones that you're used to working
0: on. Oh, that is so funny because I was with a, a a group of consultants yesterday who had been invited uh, to a company in Miami, a technology company, and we had that same exact discussion yesterday. So glad to hear that we were right on that particular trend. But, were they
1: saying that this is what they're seeing in their companies?
0: Yes. Well, we we started out talking about the phone and how you know BlackBerry will end up disappearing because of that. Uh you know I know my my husband actually was given an Android device when he joined his new company but you know we're an all Apple household so you know he now carries two phones and how silly is that So
1: Yeah and in some companies and uh they're going even to the extreme where they're recognizing that who uses their desktop phone any longer right Right, <laughs> right? when you think about it and some companies Definitely. are questioning Do we need the desktop, or can we just say, you know, everybody's going to use their smartphone anyway. We might as well recognize that and live with it. So you're beginning to see this trend of personalization in the workplace, right? Being Mm -hmm. able to use your own device. The next part of personalization is the whole flexible work arrangement, Um, and that's, that's really going to continue to be a really big issue. Especially and do you see among personalization
0: as a trend unto itself?
1: Yes, I do, I do. I think that it's personalization of device and importantly personalization of where I want to work. Um and so uh in a study done by Cisco with about three thousand college students and young professionals, forty percent which is a global study said they would accept a lower paying job if it offered flexibility regarding where, you know, being able to work remotely or telework mm-hmm. and being and being able to use the device at work that they want and being able to access social media when they wanted to. So we have uh young young professionals with a lot of of DNA regarding uh uh use of social media that are really requiring that. Um, I think the other side of personalization is is telework, right? Um, Right. Based on some of the latest research, we're beginning to see about 20 to 30 million people um, are already working from home at least one day a week. And and this number has risen steadily in the last couple of decades. So work, we're looking at uh, some of the interesting implications of the book, the 2020 workplace. While it was really directed to CEOs and heads of human resources to question how the workplace is going to change in the future, we've gotten a lot of interest from the um, the workplace community, right? The engineering community, right. the right, the, the individuals that, that sell um, commercial real estate to understand I mean, what. How are we going to be working and where are we going to be working right. in the next 10 or 20 years, and what are the implications on space?
0: Well, you know, I, that is so interesting because we have a number of people like myself and, and uh, Chris who introduced herself on the call who are serial entrepreneurs and I know i 've been working at home for five years, and I am in the middle of building you know yet a new uh, another new company and I am so itching to get back into an office environment because i 've been working remotely and with uh, you know, virtual teams all over for the last fifteen years and I am ready to be back. But the you know, the traditional office I've been talking to commercial real estate people and they're like, Well what you know, what do you need? Tell me what you need. And it's like I can envision it in my head, but I'm not sure you're gonna be able to deliver it because you're right, the environments have changed so much and we don't need just, you know, blocked off offices and cubicles. We really want workplaces where we can interact and like an entire room of white boys not just, uh, you know, somebody who brings in a a flip chart.
1: Exactly. And one of the interesting implications is that these real estate companies are beginning to see less need for traditional office space, floors and floors of of these back-to-back offices and cubicles, and Mm. more need for corporate learning space. So you have right. Deloitte University, which is mentioned in the book, which broke ground on a huge facility outside of Dallas, Texas. Now, many of their consultants work at client sites around the world, and many of them, if not all of them, are remote workers. But what did they need? Why did they break, break ground on a new building? Because they, need, they needed the new building to collaborate, to communicate, and to share the culture and pass along the culture of the organization to other Deloitte uh, partners as well as new hires. So I mm-hmm. think we're going to begin to see more space that's for learning and collaboration and less traditional office space as one of the outgrowths of of how we're going to be working differently in the tw- in the world of the twenty twenty workplace. Hmm.
0: Very very interesting. So what other, what other key uh, forces are at work? Well, I think the, the one that
1: we all want to talk about as, as leaders is what are the leadership competencies that are going to change? How are we going to change as leaders? And there are a couple that we mention in the book that, you know, beyond the big one, which is developing a global mindset, which I talked about, I think the other big one is, is agility, Right, I think Mm -hmm. that we're going to, are you know, we don't know what to, I can make, we have a book, we have a chapter on 20 predictions in the workplace of 2020, but perhaps the biggest one is, you know, it's going to be less about identifying the prediction and more about your ability to adapt to changes that we can't even um, anticipate right now. So, right. your agility is really going to be the new normal in your career. Your ability to always adapt you know mm. and and continuously learn the skills um, right. Another one is around collaboration uh and and really building this in as a skill set for leaders. you know how do you collaborate with your team? How do you manage remote? Uh, remote team members that are virtual mm-hmm. because as we you know work on more projects that are global in scope, we're going to be working in global teams remotely um, and that's going to be something new for, for us and, and what you know how do you do that as a manager and how do you do that as an employee I had an interesting talk I gave yesterday and we talked about well what are the predictions from the audience? Right, and we had my, I have my predictions, and someone came up with a pretty interesting one, and they said, you know what, I can see in the next ten or twenty twenty years, we're everyone's going to be working seven days, twenty four seven, but we get to choose which days. You know, <laughs> if we have clients in Egypt and Asia, we may be taking Thursday and Friday off because right. we have to be available parts of the t- day on Saturday and Sunday because those are the big days for our clients.
0: So oh, exactly. I thought that was a really
1: interesting one. You know, we may no longer have Saturdays and Sundays totally free. We may be, you know, the our, our days, uh our free time off are gonna be a function of the clients, the industries and the global markets we work in.
0: Oh, that is so true. I'm in the process of uh hopefully acquiring an uh Israeli technology company and uh you know many of the things that you have talked about uh you know the the different generations and and uh, age groups as well as the global mindset but this particular one um you know is one i've had to adjust to cuz you know we're geared to say i'll have it to you by the end of the week and so you know that means by friday afternoon i'll get it to you so you can look at it over the weekend not realizing that you know they take off friday and saturday and you know sunday sunday morning they're back at work where to go and you know i'm off to church so (laughs) um you know it it really is a difference in in how you think about things and it's funny because of my orientation to wanting to be in a workplace i actually don't want to work with them remotely i want to move them all to tampa (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, we're, <clears throat> so we're working through that as well. So, Jean, this has been just fascinating. And I know we could probably spend another half hour on the, the 20 predictions for the workplace moving forward. But, again, I want to remind our listeners that the book is called The 2020 Workplace. And and the focus really is on both these trends, but as they relate to people and as it relates to how you can be innovative. And, uh, again, the author is Jean Meister, uh, J-E-A-N-N-E, and Meister, M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Jean, what is the best way for people to reach you or to learn more about you and your company?
1: Uh, thank you very much. You can uh, go to my website, www.futureworkplace.com, where I am a partner It's Future Workplace. You can send me an email, jean at futureworkplace.com. And then, excitingly, I just started writing a blog for Forbes magazine. So you can go to the Forbes blog and see my first blog called Facebook and the Job Interview and type oh. in Jean C. Meister and start
0: following me. Oh, very cool. Well, for our executive girlfriends group members, Patty, uh, our executive producer of the show, will be putting all of your contact information into our private database. So if you are a member and you're listening uh, and you didn't have a chance to write down what Jean said, simply go to the uh, egg Uh, cubeless site and you will have that information and for those who are listening that are not members of the executive girlfriends group uh, this show uh, is obviously being aired on blog talk radio and also on our itunes channel so Jean, i really really appreciate your time today and uh, i can't wait to plow through uh, all of all of these uh, different uh, areas that you've talked about and, and taking some time. I, I love reading a book like this with a highlighter and, and making margin notes about how it, it uh, relates to my current situation. So, uh, again, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I just wish you all the best and, and uh, can't wait to see if it plays out the way that you have laid it out. Thank you very much. And uh, I welcome
1: to hear from many of your members. Thank you for thanking right. us it.
0: Great. Well, I'm going to turn off the recorded portion of this now, so hang on one second. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.